0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 17. Wow, 17 of the Sideliners podcast. I am your host, Brad Siegel, joined by today, just one of my co-hosts and good friends, Benjamin Solis. How are we doing today? We're doing
1: pretty good. Pretty good.
0: Okay. Unfortunately, John cannot be here today. Uh, He's in a tennis tournament. Hopefully he's, uh, you know, getting that bag, making us proud.
1: And quick, quick note on that. As as we do this podcast, we are athletes that talk about sports and, you know, journalists, maybe they're more qualified, but I mean, if you haven't like at least played sports and try to talk about it, I mean, honestly, that, that's what kind of makes me mad. That's why I don't watch ESPN a whole lot outside of Stephen A. rants, but that's, I we, love we make, a. we make, we make this podcast as athletes for sports lovers. I mean,
0: I don't know if I could consider myself an athlete, but we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Uh,
1: uh, athlete-ish. Anyway, ish. Athlete ish. Ish.
0: Okay. Some headlines. We had a fun sports weekend. Stanford winning the women's tournament. I had Stanford in my women's bracket.
1: Let's go, Ooh. Cardinal.
0: Love to see it. The uh, the coach, I forget her name. She becomes the fourth women's coach to uh, win three national titles. Next headline: Sam Darnold getting traded to the Carolina Panthers for what? At first glance, I I was like, oh, wait, they didn't get that much. But they actually did get pretty decent value. They get a sixth-round pick and a a second-and-a-fourth-round pick for next year, which is pretty good for the Jets, who are most likely going to draft Zach Wilson. So now that that kind of creates the discussion, what in the world are the Panthers going to do? Because we had a feeling they were going to move on from Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. There's a lot of speculation that they draft Trey Lance with the eighth pick or maybe – Justin Fields or Mac Jones if one of them happens to fall to them. But a lot what a lot of what I'm saying is Trey Lance. But do you still draft a quarterback now that you have Sam Darnold? Is Sam Darnold the guy they're gonna
1: go with this year? Um, well, obviously Sam Darnold is gonna have better weapons than he did in New York. I mean, you have yes. uh, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey. And he's played more. with Robbie Anderson before. Right. That I I there there was one fantasy year where I had Robbie Anderson. Actually it was his rookie year. I had him on my fantasy team, and he he like carried, hard carry actually. Oh yeah, love that guy. Lots um, of lots of rack yards. So he's so he's definitely going to be able to be surrounded by better weapons. Will that translate to more wins, more success? Obviously, we're gonna have to wait and see. But I still think that you do go with a quarterback because you know, despite the situation, is Donald really going to be the guy? Especially right. especially in a crucial year like this in his career.
0: And I think it also depends on which quarterbacks are still available at number eight. If they okay. don't have the guy they want, who knows? Okay. Well, glad we addressed that. That's some big news out of today. Now Fair, it's time to move on. Recent. Fairly recent. Time to move on to our favorite segment.
1: Ben. Hmm. I wonder what that could be. I really do. Oh wait. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? I'm thinking we don't have time to waste and
0: we're going to jump right in to a message from our sponsors at Anchor.
1: And welcome back. Thank you. Thank you, Anchor, for sponsoring this video. As always, we really appreciate it. We love Anchor. Obviously. Thank
0: you, Ben, for uh, taking us out from the sponsorship.
1: As (laughs) per usual. It
0: was awesome. Okay. We got to go fast. We don't have a ton of time and we got a lot to talk about. Final four breakdown. We had two... Fun matchups, the very first being Baylor and the University of Houston. So I actually couldn't watch this game, but I was able to check the score, you know, periodically. And literally without fail, every single time I checked my phone, Baylor was up by 19. Every single time. Exactly 19. And they won by 19. So.
1: I mean, I I watched the first half and I was just like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, Houston – you know, and obviously they made it to the Final Four for a reason. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you're going up against a team like that, I mean, that's just—I I mean, Baylor's one of the
0: Baylor's one of the best defensive teams in recent memory, and we've said it a lot: how deep they are. And it, but, but just, Baylor's deeper. No, no, I no, I mean, I was talking about Baylor. Baylor's
1: deeper. Uh, you said you said Houston.
0: Did I say Houston? Yeah. My apologies. I meant Baylor. Houston's Houston's a good defensive team too. But um, Baylor's better
1: and deeper. Yeah. I mean, it's just it, – it didn't feel close at all, which is disappointing considering that's a Final Four game. But, I mean, at least we know that, you know, that the true – one of the true top, top dogs throughout the whole season will be playing on the brightest lights.
0: Exactly. Um, Did you see the play? It was at, uh, maybe the first or second possession uh, of the game. Right. The UH guy hurtled – jared butler off a pump fake i mean totally he cleared him he totally cleared him right
1: that's why and so
0: jared butler still got blocked <laughs> that was rough you know one of the one of the few highlights for houston that game
1: yeah i mean but hey they, they have nothing to be ashamed of they no they, they made it they made not. it really far for a program that's been looking to get back on track
0: yep you're exactly right um well moving on to the more exciting game so this game I also wasn't able to watch this Gonzaga Go UCLA I and mean. but
1: uh-huh.
0: I pulled it up on my phone. I was a little less preoccupied, and I I have it on my phone. My entire family is huddled around me, and we watch the end of regulation as Drew Timmy draws the charge to force overtime, and then we watched all of overtime and saw the end of overtime. And of course, that like shot that was like okay, you know, just that shot at the
1: end. Yeah, I mean, it was nothing impressive at all. No, right? no, I actually make those all the time. Just yeah, like, the like, like, on. Like, like definitely not a top three March Madness shot of all time. Okay, but so that's what it, we need to talk
0: it, about. Obviously, for those that don't know, Jalen Suggs – or actually, let's let's go rewind a little bit. There's right. 10 seconds left. UCLA has the ball down by two in overtime. UCLA, um, Juzang gets his own miss, puts it back up, ties the game with 3.3 3 to go. Uh, they, Kispert quickly passes it into Jalen Suggs. He takes a couple dribbles. Just past half court, throws up a prayer, and it banks in for the win. And he goes and runs up to the scorer's table, stands on the scores table. It's a big deal. Everybody's freaking out. Yeah, it was awesome. My, my grandpa sent me a – hey, Louie, if you're listening to this. He sent me a New York Times article about the shot, and he was like, it's so well-read, and it's amazing. And it was. It was good. And it was very, like, poetic. It, there was, like, a season that will be remembered for COVID and – you know, battles and overcoming adversity will now be remembered for something else—a shot. And it was just like, whoa, you know? Right. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, and I mean that shot itself. Like, I hope that doesn't take away from the rest of the game because I. Oh, wish, you're so right. It It was an amazing game to watch. Like, the national. I don't know if the national championship can top that because wow, that was. I mean, just for, for forty minutes in regulation and then going into overtime i mean they were just battling battling, i mean it was the largest lead of the game seven right i think and so i mean
0: uh, the obvious we all last episode said gonzaga's gonna blow them out the line was 14 everyone was expecting a total blowout no one expecting the bruins to hang with them that game but and a lot of people are taking this like as they're like, wow, Baylor might like be better than Gonzaga. They took care of a two-seed handily, and Gonzaga could barely fend off an 11-seed. But that really isn't how we should be looking at it, and here's why. So, like, you could say maybe that Gonzaga played down to their competition, but I think it's more that UCLA is on a magical run and played up to their competition. I saw a, there's some website that kind of tracks, like, shot selection and, like, based on the shot selection and the shots that each team took, which team wins that game most of the time. And based on the shots that Gonzaga took and the shots that UCLA took, Gonzaga's looks were so much higher percentage that they would have won that game, according to this website, 98% of the time. Which is, I mean, obviously, pretty significant.
1: Um, I'm, And I'm obviously... You can't take away from UCLA either. I mean, there's a reason why they're there. They've been playing up to their competition. No, that's that's what
0: I'm saying. I mean, the fact that it was that close, based on the shots they were taking, just everything was falling for UCLA.
1: Right. I mean, say say what you want about the um, about March Madness uh, miracles and all that. I mean, every team that gets that far is there for a reason. I mean, uh, loyal Chicago. I mean. Watching those games uh, a couple years ago, I mean, you could see why they were there. They were just, you know, they hit their shots when they needed to. They played tough. They played physical. And, yeah. you know, they, they almost got to the national championship.
0: I mean, it's... Yeah. I mean, you have to win four tournament games in a row. And the odds are you're going to be playing a, a good team or multiple good teams. And so.
1: And then a team with three of the best college basketball players on the same team, I mean i mean yeah. there, there's no there's no reason UCLA sh- uh should have been in this game, and the fact that it came down to shot, i mean right obviously it's heartbreaking but i mean you 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 have to live with it
0: you are exactly that, right. that you played that
1: you, that you played with that you played a great game too yeah. on top of that
0: yeah i mean it's really amazing, just gonzaga's big three that just it goes to show you how good really both teams are but especially gonzaga i mean timmy drops twenty five Jalen suggs hits the game winner. And Kispert, while it might not have been his best game, he's still, you know, the defensive presence, the, you know, the passes, the rebounding. And did you see that one sequence by Jalen Suggs with the block and the bounce pass, like, across the board? Yes. Incredible. So, great. obviously, this kind of – there's some speculation, like, oh, this is the best Final Four moment of all time. Personally, I don't think you can put that shot above Chris Jenkins – just because that shot was in the national championship, but it was to win the championship at the buzzer, and that's about right. as good as it gets. This shot was a tougher shot, and it was in overtime, and it was really cool,
1: but it wasn't to win a championship.
0: It was to get to the championship, but it wasn't to win.
1: Right, and, and I've heard the the comparisons of the the Duke Kentucky mm-hmm. Christian Lander shot. Yep, uh, obviously a, gr- a great shot in its own respect. And, but that,
0: that's that's just. I mean, I think of that shot as
1: not necessarily a great
0: shot, but just something that's just so iconic, like, right. You know, something you just think of when you think of great college basketball moments.
1: Um, so moving on, well, I, mean, oh, I mean, I mean, guess it just brings us to what we're all waiting here right. for. National championship.
0: Again, we, we addressed this last episode. Are you taking Gonzaga and Baylor or the field? We asked that question a long, long time ago. So, I mean, Gonzaga has been number one all season. They haven't lost a game. Baylor virtually been number two all season they lost one game and it was after a long COVID pause and so I mean this game has been in the works for two years now we didn't have a tournament last year these teams were two of the top top dogs and here they are again they earned it it's been a long season a crazy season just like I talked about in that New York Times article but this is the matchup we've been waiting for I mean this is it this is all everything that that we've been waiting for it's all coming down to this tonight at nine twenty Eastern. So, mm-hmm. but and, and another thing, neither of these schools have ever won a title before. So this, this is true. Is uncharted territory for them. So I guess uh, it's time to make some predictions. Gonzaga is favored by four and a half, which doesn't surprise me that they're favored. But I actually did think it was going to be less just because of the last two games we saw, just the final four games. So uh, let's let's hear your take.
1: Who are you picking? I would say Hmm. I think Baylor is just such a technically sound defensive team that you know obviously you can't you cannot stop all three of Gonzaga's players, but like you can you can at least contain them to where if you're making the rotations, if you're making it hard to shoot on the three point line, if you're running them off, if you're getting them into bad post uh position. Baylor has Baylor. I think if Baylor can just play essentially perfect, I think they have this game by four points. Four points. Well, the thing is,
0: I mean, four you points. could say that about any any team. If UCLA plays perfect, they have a shot,
1: and they did. I mean, they essentially did. And no, but 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 we've known that Baylor can just not only play perfect, but go even beyond that and just go on t- defensive tears and just be yeah. be a complete dominating force. You're right. And, but obviously, and obviously, defense converts to offense. They
0: haven't done that so. against the team that has Jalen Suggs, Drew Timmy, and Corey Kispert. That's the thing.
1: That's really the thing. Right, but but that's what I'm saying. Contain, though. You can just contain them. No one's been able to contain them.
0: They haven't been contained all year.
1: Right, well, and, and that's why, under the brightest lights, this is the moment that Baylor has to do it. All right, they you're right. Do they perfect. do have
0: to do it, and... I think maybe they will to an extent, but you just can't stop them that much. And I'm going to go with the Zags. I have them in my bracket. I have them. We've been talking about it all year. I always said throughout the year, Gonzaga's Tier A, Baylor's Tier B, and everyone else is Tier C. And I'm going to stand by that. Baylor definitely has earned my respect. As you say, they're maybe the most technically sound college basketball team we've ever seen, but – I don't think they're a match for the star power and chemistry of Gonzaga.
1: Well, I mean, hey, 50 50 shot here. All right. One,
0: one, one of us will be one of us, one of us but one of us will be right. And that's what's important.
1: Exactly. That's exactly yes. Exactly.
0: Okay. Well, another quick Monday episode, the second one. We love it. Love the new schedule. It's awesome. Uh, keep downloading, keep tuning in. We love the support. We'll keep putting stuff on the Instagram. Go comment, go like,
1: go tell your friends.
0: Uh Yeah, Ben, you got anything to add?
1: Uh, as always, make sure to like and download on Spotify. Make sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We will see y'all on the next time. Go watch the championship game, everybody. We'll see you on Thursday.